Accustomed to their privilege, their life a royal feast. They leave the kingdom comforts for a star in the east. The journey seems so endless, promise does it bring. Though the road is rough and rugged, it leads them to the king. The kings came calling after following the star. On their knees falling, despite who they are. The wise and regal, they bring their offering. The kings came calling on the holy king of kings. of gold they bring him frankincense and myrrh silent in his presence
Amen. What a wonderful job our children have done. And we are blessed to have so many talented young people. And we thank the Lord for them. This morning, as we think about our fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, we understand that one gift that can never be taken away from the believer is joy. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. In the day of blessing and in the day of trial, we can have joy. We can rejoice because we continue to stand in victory. Which brings us this morning to the lighting of our fourth Advent candle representing joy. Luke 2, 8 through 20 tells us, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they which heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the great joy that comes at Christmas not simply because of the lights and the presents, not simply because of the meals and the cards, but Lord, because of the fact that 2,000 years ago you came to us. And Lord, because of your coming, we have reason for great joy. Lord, we have reason for great joy now because we can have a relationship with you. We as sinful men and women have been transformed in to holy men and women not because of anything that we have done but because of everything that you have done because of your death upon the cross because you paid our sin debt because you rose again we can now have a relationship with you and be forgiven and made yours forever we thank you for the joy that you bring not just this christmas but every christmas and every day in a relationship with you fortune jesus name we pray amen
Well, good morning, Bryansburg. So glad to see you here this morning. I hope you've had a great week. And we certainly have had an awesome opportunity to share the gospel in the last week. And we thank the Lord for that. For those of you joining us through uh, television or through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you this morning. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Bryansburg Baptist Church. And we're glad that you have been able to join us and worship today in this way. For those of you there on Facebook Live, if you will, in the comment section, let us know of your attendance by putting your name there. And uh, any questions that you might have, any, anything that you might um, need us to pray about, let us know that as well. And we'd love to be able to pray for you this morning in that way. For those of you who are here for maybe the first time in our worship center, we want to welcome you as well. And you'll notice there in the pew in front of you, there is a card. And if you'll take that out and fill it out and place it in the offering plate that is in the foyer on the large round table at the end of the service, we appreciate that. It helps us know of your attendance today. Uh, but more, more important to us, we get to know how we can pray for you and minister to you and your family. And we are very glad to have you today. We do have a lot going on. Uh, if you weren't here last night, you missed a blessing. Uh, with our first uh, performance of Come Messiah King. Uh, the good news is, is there's another one tonight. And so we hope that you'll be here tonight, that you'll bring family and friends tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, it truly is an awesome, an awesome opportunity for us to worship in a very unique way at Christmas time through music and narration and, and uh, the videos that are shown. It's just a very powerful presentation uh, of what Christmas is really all about. And we want you to be a part of that at 6 o'clock tonight. And then we'll be having our Christmas finger food fellowship following. And so if you'll bring finger foods, if you'll bring desserts, uh, we're going to have a wonderful time of fellowship uh, celebrating the Christmas season tonight immediately following the, uh, the presentation of Come Messiah King. Um, also want to remind you that our students are going to be going to Branson to the Extreme Conference. Uh, they're leaving on the 27th. And so if your student is going and you have not yet paid their final deposit, uh, that is due today because we won't see you again after this, okay? And so we wouldn't need you to give that to us and let us know uh, that they're going, and uh, we, we need that in, and we appreciate that. Um, also notice that uh, we have our cards uh, that the uh, ministry has been putting in the, in the boxes for you as people have been bringing those in. There's a lot of cards out there. I'm looking at a lot of cards. So some of you have not picked up your cards, and uh, you need to grab those so you can enjoy them this Christmas season. And, uh, and uh, those are out there for you as immediately following the service today. Uh, we do want to, as a staff, wish you a Merry Christmas from uh, me and Rockney and, and Kathy. And we want to thank you for the Christmas gifts that you have given this year. Uh, they are very much appreciated, and uh, we feel very blessed to be a part of this church family. Uh, many other things going on. Make sure that you read your bulletin. Um, again, we are in the midst of the uh, in emphasis for international missions and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. <coughs> Our goal is 12000 And so if you have not yet prayed about what you might give, I hope that you'll do that and consider how you might give towards international missions. Uh, we think about all the different gifts that we give at Christmas time. Uh, we give towards uh, you know, family and friends and maybe coworkers and neighbors. The most important gift that we could give was to make sure that the gospel reaches the ends of the earth and so pray about how you might give and give in a sacrificial way that we might once again this year be able to meet that offering goal also our angel tree uh, goal uh, 1500 still uh, lacking in that area too and so if you want to grab one of those envelopes out in the foyer and give we uh, were able to provide christmas for 10 different kids and so we do need uh, you to continue to give uh, for us to meet that need as well so uh, a lot going on Make sure you read your bulletin. Many on our prayer list today certainly want to remember these and lift them up. we got some folks that are just out with seasonal issues, but also those that are facing some long-term issues. And we certainly want to pray for the Lord to meet those needs 
this Christmas, those physical needs. Uh, but most importantly, we want to pray for the lost. And we want to pray that even this morning, maybe you've come to this place and you know a lot of things about Jesus, but you don't know yet know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And I pray that today, that as the word is proclaimed, um, that as we sing, that the Lord might stir your heart and you might recognize your sin, your need for forgiveness, your need for a relationship with Jesus, and that you might, this morning even, come into that personal love relationship with him. So with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to come into worship. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to lift up our voices in praise, to be able to spend this time in prayer, to be able to study your word. And I do pray this morning that you would meet every need in this place. I know that it can be a difficult season for, for many uh, as, as the years go by, things just aren't the way they used to be. Uh, but Lord, help us to remember that our joy doesn't come because of our circumstances, but our joy becomes because of our Savior and what you have already done for us and the promises that you have given. And so today, if there's even one here that doesn't yet know you as Savior and as Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. And Lord, that you might receive the honor and the glory and praise for all that takes place today. Fortune Jesus, then we pray. Amen. I ask y'all to stand with me as we sing this beautiful carol, Holy Night. <laughs>
Come, thou long-expected Jesus, come illuminate the mysteries of life. Come, redeem us from the refuge, bring an end to endless suffering and strife. Be the star that shines so brightly that it rolls our weary eyes to the sky, to heaven's sky. Dearest child of new beginning, be the start of something beautiful, I cry. There's an end to all the way. There's an answer to the who and where and why. Tonight, all the years anticipated are surrendered to a tiny baby's cry. There's a dawn of all the darkness. There's a face to fill the title, Prince of Peace. What he promised he delivered, I am saved by the hand of sweet release. In this war I've been a captive, just a sinner seeking life and liberty. But these hands that hold me tightly are the hands that set my shackled spirit free. Blessed Jesus, meek and lonely, you have come into my life and made it new. And now I'm new. Into everlasting life, I owe everything to you. There's an end to all the way, there's an answer to the who and where and why. surrender to a tiny baby's cry. There's a dawn to follow darkness. There's a face to fill the title Prince of Peace. What he promised 
by the hand of sweet release. Yes. What he promised, he delivered. I am saved by the hand of sweet Thank you, Rockney. Again, what a joy it is to be able to sing these Christmas carols, these songs that celebrate the first advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he truly came to bring to us. And what he came to bring was joy. And I know that we sit here as a church family and in all of our homes, um, there are certain situations and circumstances some that do bring great joy. Perhaps this was a year where you uh, had a birth of a, a, a little one, a, a child, a grandchild. Uh, maybe there was a, a great success at work. Maybe uh, things just are going well. But for many, I know that it may be a difficult season. It may not be a time when you recognize where joy could really come from. And yet we're told that we have a lasting joy. And so this morning as we turn to Luke chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 57 through 80. And I want us to focus on what brings us lasting joy in the midst of circumstances and situations that may not be perfect. What can bring that lasting joy? And the answer is the light that brings joy. And so as you're turning there in your Bibles, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, we do thank you tonight. We thank you this morning for the opportunity to come and to spend time in your word and to spend time praising your name through song, Lord, to spend time in prayer. And this morning, I pray that you might speak to our hearts about where joy comes from, the reason for our joy, the reason is a person named Jesus, the one who came, the one who died for our sins, the one who rose again, the one who is God in the flesh. And so I pray this morning, if there's even one here that does not know him personally as their Savior and Lord, that today would be a day of salvation for them. Lord, I know I'm a very weak vessel. Hide me behind the cross that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the question comes, can joy be more than a fleeting feeling in a moment of time? Can, can joy last beyond the Christmas season? Can we have a lasting joy? We are joyful at Christmas, certainly. We're joyful because there is family gathered around at home. We are joyful at Christmas because the children all have a mountain of presents under the tree to open. We're joyful at Christmas because everyone we love is gathered around that table. But could we still be joyful if the family is dispersed and unable to gather around at Christmas? Could we still be joyful if the finances were tied and there weren't enough resources to provide all those presents under the tree? Could we still be joyful if there were folks that were missing from around that table? What is necessary for us to experience true joy? 
That's a question we ask here in 2022, and it's a question that was asked 2,000 years ago. Israel had not heard from the Lord in 400 years. There had been 400 years of silence, and now Israel is living under the yoke, the heavy yoke of Roman occupation. They are heavily taxed. They are severely treated. And Israel is looking for the Redeemer, the one that was promised to bring salvation and the remission of sins. And suddenly God begins to speak. He begins to speak again, and he begins to speak in a wonderful way. After 400 years, God speaks to Zacharias, an aged priest, stating that he and his aged wife will have a son, and that that son's name is to be John. This miraculous child will point many sons of Israel to repent of sin. This miraculous child will announce the coming of the Redeemer. He will be the forerunner. And at this miraculous child's birth, we see that Zacharias offers a hymn of praise and declares that joy has been brought to us. How? By who? By the light who is to come. Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Luke 1, beginning in verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son, and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy unto her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered, and she said, Not so. But he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father of how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table. And he wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake, and he praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt around them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to reform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he spake to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Listen closely to these verses. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high 
hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and he waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. You may be seated. Again, that word joy. We speak the word joy, especially at Christmas time. And what do we mean by it? Joy is a feeling. Joy is the feeling of, of, of great pleasure, of, of happiness. But what brings this great pleasure? What, what will bring this great pleasure to all the earth? What brings this happiness into the darkness that was first century Palestine? And the answer is given to us here in this passage. The answer is light. Light had overcome darkness. Light had changed everything, regardless of their circumstances. This chapter fills us with wonder because it is filled with the miraculous. The angel Gabriel appears to Zacharias, and we know that he also will appear to Mary, telling them both of the impending births that are to come. Zacharias doubts the words of the angel. And because of that doubt, we know that he is left speechless until the birth of the child. When the baby is born, he calls the baby's name John. And this is in obedience to the command of the angel. Now, Zacharias' speech is restored and he's left with nothing but joy and praise to the Lord. And he lifts up his voice and prays. And in this incredible paragraph of praise, this old man of God, this man who had served faithfully, glorifies the Lord, and he speaks of the coming Messiah. He, he, he gives a prophecy concerning his son, John, and he concludes by mentioning the day spring from on high. Now that word day spring, what does it mean? It means sunrise, and it is a direct reference, it's a, it's a direct messianic reference to who Jesus Christ is. He is to be the light. Jesus is pictured as the sun who is rising upon a world that has been for so long trapped in darkness. And if we'll this morning focus on verses 78 and 79, I believe these verses tell us about the rays of heaven's sunrise and what they accomplish for us. We're told about three areas of life that are transformed from sorrow to joy by the warmth of heaven's light. First, I want you to see that he brings the light of liberty to those in darkness. He brings the light of liberty to those in darkness. Jesus came to a world that was bound in spiritual darkness. The Jewish religion had denigrated until it had become nothing more than a religion of formalism and legalism. The spiritual aspects of the religion had long since passed away, and it was a dark spiritual time when Jesus came in his first advent into this world. God did not send his son into the midst of a great spiritual revival in first century Palestine. He sent him to those who were floundering around in utter darkness. However, many saw the light of Jesus and were led out of that darkness and into the day. Think about those that Jesus encountered and how he transformed their lives. Think about Matthew and Peter and Andrew and James and John. 
Think about Mary Magdalene. Think about what he did in the life of his own mother, Mary, and all the others who he delivered from darkness through his great light. Things have not changed today. In fact, the world may be darker, spiritually speaking, in in a spiritual condition today than it was 2,000 years ago. And yet, we possess more access to the light. We, we, We think about the number of Bibles that any of us have access to. We hold the Word of God in our hands. We, we, ha- we have the Word of God stored away on shelves, and many times we probably don't even grab those to even look at them. There's access to the light. Think about the number of churches available to us. We have access to the light. However, the darkness of this world has millions trapped. And the question comes, why? Because men love darkness more than they love the light. Men need the light of Jesus to shine in their lives in order to make them free. The darkness of this world is plain to see both in the sins of mankind and within the sins that we see even within churches today. The good news is that not everyone is trapped in that darkness. I wonder, do you remember the day the light of God shined into the darkness of your life? And when he changed everything, I remember that as a nine-year-old boy. I remember when the light came in and it changed everything. Do you remember that day? If you've had that encounter, you remember it. (laughs) It will impact you. When the light comes into the darkness that was in your life, you will know what it was to be changed forever. Think of what the Lord did for you. Think of I think about what the Lord did for me. In 1 Peter 2, 9. He says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus came to bring light and joy of salvation into our lives. And we do not have to stumble around in darkness in this world any longer. We can walk in light. We can walk in life. Jesus Christ came to bring light. He came to bring joy to the world. But secondly, he brings the light of life to those under death. The Bible tells us here that Jesus came to bring his light into the very shadow of death. Death is a fearful thing. The only thing that most people fear more than death is public speaking. Um, I thought that would get something. It didn't. But death is something that most people fear. Most people don't want to talk about death. It's uncomfortable. However, we all live under the shadow. The fact is, if the Lord doesn't come, if, if the Lord doesn't rapture us home, 100% of us will experience death. It's coming. The bottom line is this. None of us is more than a heartbeat away from eternity at any moment. None of us have been promised tomorrow. None of us have been promised this afternoon. None of us have really been promised 
a minute from now. Death is a part of life in this fallen world. However, we need not fear death, not as a believer. We must always remember that the Lord Jesus Christ faced death for us. And by his rising from the dead, he conquered death on our behalf. Therefore, we do not need to fear death. Death is nothing more than a doorway through which we pass from this world into his presence in eternity. For a believer, that's what it is. It is no more to be feared than a shadow on the wall for a believer. It should bring great joy this morning to remember the light himself. He has shone upon the cold shores of death, and death for the believer has actually become a blessed thing. God desires it to be that way. In Psalm 116.15, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, more now than ever, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If you have a loved one who knew the Lord and has gone on home, this is a verse you hang on to. And you hang on to it tightly because it is the promise that all of us have been given. That death is a blessing for the believer. When death comes to the child of God, it isn't a monster to be feared. It's a friend to be embraced because it brings us home. Notice the attitude of the Apostle Paul when he faced the hour of his own death. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I love that word that he uses, departure. Departure is a very expressive word. It was used by by an army as they would strike camp and as they would march out it was used by sailors to refer to the loosing of the moorings before they would set sail travelers used it to refer to the end of a journey when the horses were put back into the stable and they were home those in the legal profession used it to refer to the freeing of prisoners paul doesn't face death with the spirit of fear at all but notice verse 8 He says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul knows there is more to come for the believer. There is more than the present life. There is more than darkness and despair of this world. There is more. Believe me, it is better on the other side, Paul tells us. It is better at home. And if you still aren't convinced, just remember how death reacted in the face of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus attended four different funerals throughout Scripture. Jairus' daughter, the widow of Nain's son, Lazarus's, and his own burial. And every time that Jesus shows up at a funeral, it turns from a funeral into a party, into a time of celebration, because he breaks up the funeral. Because there's no need for a funeral, because everyone who ever attended their funeral rose from the dead. You see... If you're in Jesus this morning, death has no claim on you. How is it that Jesus could get up out of that grave and walk out whenever he wanted to? Because death had no claim on him. And because of his resurrection, death no longer has a claim on you. If you have a relationship with him, 
Jesus has conquered death for you forever. So we may lay down these temporary bodies, but something far better is waiting for us on the other side. There is reason for joy in this world. But thirdly, he brings the light of leadership to those without direction. None of us know how to walk for God as we should. Left to ourselves and our own devices, we merely tend to wander further away from God. In fact, the Bible teaches us that following our own ways leads nowhere but directly to death. But Jesus came to give us the light of his guidance. So when we receive him as our Savior, we are given three amazing heavenly blessings that make the difference between us knowing where we are going and us simply wandering around aimlessly in the darkness that is this world. The first gift he gave, he gave us a new heart. The natural heart is a wicked thing. People say, oh, just follow your heart. No, if you are, if you are not a believer, if you are not a Christian, do not follow your heart. Your heart is wicked. But he gave us a new heart. Jesus made it new because he made us a completely new creature, a new creation in him. He gave us a heart that hungers for him. The second gift he gave, he gave us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who dwells in the heart of every believer, gives direction, he gives leadership as we go through this life. No more are we left to the devices of the flesh and of the devil, but the Spirit knows the mind of the Father and he guides us in the way that will please the Lord so we can walk in the light of his ways. But the third thing he has given us, he has given us the word of God. He has given us the word of God. How much of this is the word of God? All of it. From Genesis to the final amen of Revelation, this is the word of God. It doesn't simply contain it. It is the word of God. Every word. He gave us a love letter directly from him to us. When we were saved, the Lord gave us a heart to follow him. He gave us the spirit within us to guide us. But I praise the Lord that he also gave us the perfect word. It is inerrant and infallible in every single word to teach us his way and how we could live lives dedicated to him. This precious book will never lead the saint of God astray, but it will supply and guide us to safety at home in heaven. Now, we do not have to stumble around in darkness any longer, but we have the tools that we are needing to help us to walk in the light that is the Lord. And that, my friend, is a place of great blessing. To be in a relationship with the light who is Jesus Christ. To know him as your Savior and Lord in a personal way is the greatest blessing that you could have this Christmas. That is more than enough reason for us to have great joy this morning. So why is it important to have the light of life and to know the joy of salvation that only comes in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? It, first of all, brings us to a place of perfect peace. God wants me to have peace about my spiritual condition 
and he wants you to have peace about your spiritual condition. He no longer desires for us to be stumbling around, walking in darkness. He wants us to have peace about death so that we are not terrified by that day when death comes, but that we might face it with a steadfast confidence knowing that it is merely that doorway that will bring us into his very presence. He wants us to have peace in life today so that we will know that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that he will guide us to safety through the valley and the hard places of life. Brinesburg, peace is a precious gift, so precious in fact that it literally passes all understanding. So I don't know where this message may find you this morning. In darkness, afraid of the future, unsure about today, but I know wherever you are, I know that there is help. I know that there is hope, and I know that it comes in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes in a relationship with him. It comes from the light of the world. So I wonder this morning, I wonder if you will come to the light this morning, that you might understand what it is to not just simply know facts about Jesus, to not simply think about these being Christmas stories, <laughs> but you understanding that this is a love letter that God himself has written to you. It is an invitation from God written to you, and he desires a relationship with you, not for you to simply go through the motions of church services. Oh, I went to church today. Yeah, I went to, I went to church today, and, and I did the church thing, but that every day would be a day that you live with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't really experience the joy of Christmas outside of a relationship with Christ. So I don't know what the reason is that you may be putting off a relationship with him, why you might be pushing it to the side for a later date. But today's a day of salvation. Today is the day for you to experience the great joy that comes from the light who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Here in a moment, our musicians are going to come, and you're going to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. Maybe you know Christ, but you just need to come to this altar, and you need, need to bring a need to this place and lay it down. Maybe you need to make this church your home. Whatever the need may be, would you be obedient? Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you came to us because we could not get to you on our own. And you came that you might live a sinless, perfect life, and that you might die upon the cross of Calvary, and that you might rise again. And because of that, we have reason for great joy again this Christmas. Lord, I know I have some friends today, and they're sitting right here in this worship center. And week after week, they hear the message. And week after week, the invitation is given. And week after week, they push you away. And I don't know the reason for that. I don't know all of the excuses that are being given. But Lord, I know that you love them. I know you came and you died for their sins. I know you rose again to give them access to a life with you. And so Lord, today, I pray that they would experience great joy today by repenting of sin and accepting you as Savior and as Lord. I know we got some folks that may need to come and lay things down here at the altar. We have folks that may need to make this their church home. Would you help us to be obedient today to you? We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come?